This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Wednesday, November 10th, and this is your 4x5 episode. Four writers from NBC Sports Edge for five minutes each. We think it's four writers, I should say, as is our tradition now. Steve Alexander, a true game time decision. Currently listed as questionable, but uh, my hunch is he's going to show. Anyways, we will talk some surprising early starts Fast starts, a couple waiver wire players of note, and much more as we welcome in our first contestant, Ryan Knaus. Ryan, how are you? I am well, Matt. Ready to ready to talk some Jonas Valanciunas. This was your your choice, so I'm I'm curious to see uh, why you wanted to cue this one up. Right. So I I guess I was just looking through the early season fantasy rankings, and I was I've noticed his name a few times. And it's occurred to me that we haven't really talked about him much. I was a little personally a little worried about him going to New Orleans, but he has basically been a first round fantasy value so far, Ryan. Mm-hmm. He's 12th on basketballmonster.com. He's 15th on Yahoo on a per game basis. 19 and a half points, nearly 14 rebounds, 2.7 dimes, 0.7 steals, 0.9 blocks, 1.03 pointers. I mean, he's always been a good fantasy player, but we're kind of seeing another level now. So I was just curious what your reaction is to those numbers. They're surprising to me as well. I think part of my hesitation with him going to New Orleans was the Zion Williamson factor. And I I mentioned repeatedly, you know, how are they going to coexist in the paint? We saw a very awkward pairing with Steven Adams last year. Well, JV has significantly better shooting and he's taken that to a whole nother level, which we can talk about. So... He's given me hope that even when Zion comes back with his shooting ability, they'll be able to coexist a little more. I still think there's an inevitable hit that's going to come. When that is, we have no idea when Zion will come back and whether he'll stay on the court. But I do think that it it is a bit of, and maybe I'm jumping ahead here, but I think that it's a bit of a uh, trade high moment before we see what the impact will be with Zion while he's riding high, while we're talking about him as this surprise early round fantasy value. And then another concern that I have the Pelicans are 1-10, in 10, Matt. And Jonas Valanciunas is a veteran with a very tradable contract. He's owed, I think, $15 million each of the next two years. And for a player of his productivity in his prime, a lot of teams would, would bite on that. JV is 58% from deep, which is just mind-blowing. Now, he has hovered around 35-40% in the past, so it's not like a total fluke. It's going to come down. But that's just like he is a guy who can hit three-pointers. His mid-range game is pristine right now. He's shooting 64% from 10 to 14 feet. From 15 to 19 feet, he's shooting 66%, 61% overall in his jump shots. So again, that just leads me to believe that he can kind of coexist with Zion a bit more as a pick and pop guy, court stretching big, but there's going to be an inevitable hit and the shutdown risk scares me. Do you do you agree? Yeah, I do. And I was just, I thought it was funny because you said, I, I, this may be jumping ahead. It's not possible to jump ahead when we only have five minutes to talk. Like you you <laughs> kind of have to jump I ahead. I know, rushing. So yeah, it just reminds me of a conversation we were having about Al Horford on Monday, who's also been a first round guy so far. It's just hard to send that offer if you have him 
not because you don't want to trade him, but because what do you ask for? I mean, it, it almost throws things so far off that the person receiving the offer is like, all right, quit trying to pull one over on me, you know, offering me this, you know, way over his head Valanciunas or this way over his head Horford. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I almost feel like then my reflex is to ask for so much less. I ask for like a mid-round guy, but then is that asking for not enough? And now I'm officially overthinking it. My brain is scrambled and this is clearly just broken both of us. But I agree with you that the hot shooting is a real in a weird way, red flag. He's averaging one made three-pointer on 1.7 attempts per game. That can't keep up, but that's a little bit nitpicking, right? Because he's been so good otherwise. The biggest concern, I think, is the environment that you said around New Orleans, possible shutdown, possible trade, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I mean, listen, it's so early. I hate to start talking about shutdown. And yet the moment that word actually gets attached to him, which I fear that it will, again, one in 10, and they're not a very good team. If you watch them play, it's pretty painful at times. Once that word is attached to him, you can forget about even asking for a mid-round guy. Like it becomes impossible to move him. So I hate to say it, but I think we, we as JV managers have to try to get ahead of it, which is why I bring it up this early in the year. Okay. So you and I were going to talk about Donovan Mitchell. We only have about 45 seconds left. Steve and I are now going to talk about Donovan Mitchell. So let's close out this Valanciunas conversation. What do you ask for? You're trying to get ahead of it. What do you ask for? We got about 30 seconds left. Maybe you could try for, you know, you mentioned being scared off asking for top tier players because it seems ridiculous, but maybe you target a guy like Jalen Brown who's hurt. He came in with injury concerns. Now he's out a couple weeks. Managers are probably frustrated. They see a very, you know, maybe a team that needs a big, possibly get a bite there. But I would say just aim high. Like, If you've got a player who's posting top 20 fantasy value and doing it consistently night after night, and we don't know when Zion's back, maybe, you know, the other shoe dropping is so far off that people aren't worried about it. Target teams at the bottom of your league who need immediate production and just float those those high offers and see what comes back. Worst case, maybe you get a counter that's better than you expected. Um, You know, it doesn't hurt to try, I guess, is usually usually the motto. You don't want to annoy the league with with spammy trade offers, but... Occasionally it hurts, but most of the time, nine times out of 10, it doesn't hurt to try. I see. I want to follow up on this and get an example from you, but we're out of time, I fear. Yes, we are, we are out of time. Ryan, I've enjoyed it. I look forward to our next conversation. As usual, Matt. Okay. Goodbye. We are now bringing in Raphael Johnson. How are you? I'm doing well. Are you? I'm good. I'm good. You uh, had a couple of players who are, were, or both are waiver wire pickups this season. So where do you want to start? I think we should start with Grayson Allen. Um, he's coming off of a good night last night, 25 points with five three-pointers and a win over the 76ers. And the way that Milwaukee's rotation is set up right now with the injuries, Chris Middleton is out, Brooke Lopez is out, Drew Holiday just returned. Allen has seen his usage increase. So he's had more opportunities to score, and he's he's taken advantage of that. Um His averages for the season, 15.5 points, 3.8 rebounds, 1.5 assists, 0.9 steals, 0.4 blocks, 3.5 three-pointers per game, and he's shooting 45 from the field and like 95 from the foul line. Um, That all works out to a top 45 45 player, nine-cat. So I think the question with Grayson Allen is, do you sell high now or do you kind of hold on to him? Because he's going to remain in the starting lineup once Lopez and in Middleton return, his value is going to decrease when that happens. But I think the question is just how much will it decrease? And is it enough to justify holding on to him after that point? I mean, I think the only way that he has some trade value is like if it's, I don't know, I can't imagine getting much in a one-for-one Grayson Allen trade. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I could imagine him being a guy that you put into a two-for-two trade to make it look 
better or to make it actually even out or whatever. I think he's a he's a tradable piece in that way. Mm-hmm. And but otherwise, I mean, I I wouldn't hesitate to hold on to him. I mean, this was a guy who had some value last year, so it's yeah. not a huge surprise. We kind of wonder what happened to last year's Malik Beasley. It's almost like uh, last year's Malik Beasley is this year's Grayson Allen, like a guy who is keeping his value afloat with like pretty good points and super high volume threes. Now, Grayson Allen scoring less than last year's Malik Beasley did too. But I mean, the point is, it, it's it's a pretty nice like stat line that he's putting up. I almost a steal per game, three and a half threes. I mean, that's going to get it done. And if you're playing nine category league, I think he's at like half a turnover per game. Yeah. So absolutely never turns it over five steals in his last three games, 14, three pointers in his last three games. So I don't know. I think there's a lot to like if you picked him up, I'm not really worried about the wheels falling off necessarily because you invested so little. The worst case scenario is if he falls apart, you just drop him. And I can't imagine, I don't know, like I said, a one for one trade really returning a lot. Yeah, I'd be inclined to hold on to him just because I don't think anyone expected him to be a top 50 player right. before the season began. So, And it's another example. It's one of those trades that worked out for both teams involved. Like Memphis, you look at Desmond Bain and D'Anthony Melton. Moving Allen cleared up more minutes for them, and they've both been good fantasy options thus far. And Allen's been the same for Milwaukee, who's still without Dante DiVincenzo as well. So really good setup for both teams there thus far. You had another player you wanted to talk about. Uh, let's go there now. Yeah, let's stay with the same game from last night, actually. Shake Milton. Um, he had a good night last night. 20 points, 4 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 three-pointer. There weren't any defensive stats, but I think the overall line is something that you'll take from him. Uh, started for the second time in the last three games. And like Milwaukee, Philadelphia's had some injury issues. Seth Curry set out to a foot injury. Um, they're also without Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid due to health and safety protocols. So Milton's in a position where some nights he may start, some nights he'll come off the bench, but he's he's going to have some value. So I think the question that I have, is he simply a streamer until those guys come back? Or is he someone who could possibly be a value in, in competitive leagues down the line as like a, a back end of a roster type guy, so to speak? Yeah, I'm inclined to think he's just a streamer but you give him a game or two to confirm that after everyone's healthy. I've always had the sense, just watching the Sixers from as far away as I watch them, that Doc Rivers really doesn't want to play Shake Milton big minutes (laughs) under optimal circumstances. That's just the feeling I have. (laughs) But yeah, I suppose we'll see. I I wouldn't get my hopes up too much. And if there was a hot waiver pickup out there, I think I wouldn't hesitate to drop Shake Milton if that's the only guy I could possibly drop to pick up a guy who it feels like might have longer-term value. And the emergence of Tyrese Maxey doesn't help him either. You know, they, they wanted to give Tyrese a lot more in the way of responsibility, and he's performed well. So I think when you're evaluating Milton, what to do with him once those guys return, the, the Maxey factor has to be brought into play as well. I'm looking in the green room where Jared Johnson and Steve Alexander are waiting, and Steve Alexander is just looking off the distance. Looks like he's looking out the window, but I like to think that he heard you mention Tyrese Maxey playing well, and it's... Made him very happy. He's feeling like a, a quiet pride. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Shake Milton, uh, we think at least has a little more runway left, but are, you know, it sounds like uh, we're in agreement that that may not be forever. We are. And that's it. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And Furkan Korkmaz shot two for 18 on Tuesday night. So, that was fun for those of us who picked him up. Uh, good times there. Yeah. Raf, thank you. I will talk to you right back here next week. All right. Thank you. 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Want to remind you to download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter this week's free NBA Pick and Roll Contest for a chance to win $50,000. This week, we're highlighting matchups between the Cavaliers and Wizards, Raptors and Celtics, and Knicks and Bucks on Wednesday. So if you don't have the Predictor app yet, download it now. And now, I'm going to press a button and Steve Alexander magically appears. Steve, good afternoon. Hello, Matt. Yes, I was like a like one of those cats. Oh, I found out the orange cat that was in here the other day. His name is Spider Man. Okay, but I felt like like I when you said I was just gazing out the window. My, our cats sit around and just sit in these windowsills and just stare outside all day, wishing they could go out there and hunt stuff. And I, I guess that's sort of what I was what I was doing there for a second. Speaking of cats, I don't want to take up our time on cats, but I did have a, a wild episode the other day where. Our cat, which is an indoor-outdoor cat, was out in the backyard, and my wife called me up frantically and was like, there's a fox <laughs> coming through the front yard. Get Callie inside. And she was on the other side of the neighbor's fence, so I couldn't get her. And, dude, a huge fox just went trucking by down my fence and right past her. So bad job by fox. Major missed opportunity there. Very grateful that that fox uh, was not interested or didn't that's, see her, but that's funny. I did promise that we would, you and I would talk about Donovan Mitchell. So, are you ready to do a, spend a couple minutes doing that now? I was just going to say that Darren Williams and Frank Gore are fighting on December 18th. I don't care about that, man. I want to see the. Oh, I thought you were going to say, "Do you want to go?" And I was going to say, "Yes, let's go." Well, we should go first of all. It's probably in Vegas, right? It's yeah, not here. Yeah, that'd be an easy sell to the wife. I'm, go- I'm going to Vegas to watch the Darren Williams Frank Gore fight. I'm saving my money. For the Jokic boys versus the Morris twins, Matt. Yeah. I've never had as much fun uh, on Twitter, just reading Twitter as I did yesterday. I sense your your, uh, enthusiasm about this. I'm down. I'm in. Okay. Let's talk about Donovan Mitchell. Okay. Okay. So here's where I am on Donovan Mitchell. I was just, as I was, we were talking about Jonas Valanciunas a moment ago. Donovan Mitchell similarly caught my eye because year after year, he's an early round fantasy pick. Year after year, he finishes just 
past, you know, a couple rounds past his draft position. His last four years in nine category leagues, and Steve, this is from Basketball Monster, 54, 56, 54, 46. He's always getting drafted in the 20s. This year, finally, he is currently sitting 20th overall after 10 games. To me, what I noticed that has maybe changed is the steals are up, one and a half per game, his best number there since his rookie year. Uh, I have more to say about his numbers, but I just wanted to get your thoughts first on uh, what we're seeing from Donnie Mitch. Does this feel like maybe it's finally happening? He's finally inside the top 25 to stay. I feel like it. Uh, I know like now when I'm setting a DFS lineup, I'm not afraid to use him. Like him, John Morant, Zach Levine, uh, DeMar DeRozan, those are sort of like my go-to shooting guards. And, you know, ever since Shaq and Chuck mostly Shaq, I think, kind of blasted him on TNT last year. Like, they lit him up. So he was never going to be a superstar, yada, yada, yada. He's he's really um, – he didn't do anything wrong after that, and he handled it really well, and he's gotten better. So if he starts blocking shots, look out. But the rest of his game, man, I mean, it's, it's there. There's no reason that Donnie Mitchell should not be a top 25 player. I don't know why it didn't happen before this, but – well, and if you're looking for more optimism here, he is hitting 3.43s per game, but is doing so while only shooting 31.5% from long distance. So there is actually some room for improvement there. He shot 38.6% on threes last season. So it is a little bit of a, you know, once that corrects itself, if it corrects itself, watch out because, you know, he could uh, improve that stat line even more. So as long as the steals hold up, I am optimistic on Donovan Mitchell. And if you're done with Donovan Mitchell there, Steve, we can move to anything else you want in our final minute. Oh, wow. Well, Matt, I was going to tell you, I had a dream this morning that the <laughs> the viewers of the round ball stew were like revolting uh-huh. and saying that five minutes wasn't enough for each of us. And we, it needed to be at least <laughs> 10. I probably had that dream because that is how I feel. This is too short. I would say that's likely the cause of that dream. I'm extremely upset about it. Uh, no, I, I'm not upset at all. I did mention on Twitter something about Randball Stew gear, Randball Stew swag, maybe some T-shirts, mm-hmm. maybe some hats. Got a couple very enthusiastic responses. Ed Williams, if you're listening, um, Ed, we need to make this happen. It's not the first it, time we've asked. It won't be the last. I might have to send my boy Rocco over there to Stamford, Connecticut. <laughs> negotiate wow. negotiate oh to negotiate okay to negotiate. Yeah. gotcha okay a little... a, a very, for a very diplomatic conversation and those i want shirts man yeah we do it's, it's all we wanted we just want it's all we've ever wanted <laughs> shirts and jerseys all right steve have fun with jared okay i'll talk to you uh very soon i'll see you on fri- friday 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 okay okay all right it's done bye Jared Johnson, good day, sir. How are you? I'm good. Uh, today, we are going to talk about potential stashes, uh, whether you think that they're oh, I like that idea. worthy of stashes or not. Let's start with the first obvious one, Kyrie Irving. New York's not going to change the vaccine mandate. Are you stashing him? Wow. So meaning that if I drafted him or if someone dropped him, would I keep him or would I pick him up? Mm-hmm. Yes, for now. Yes. Yes, for now. Th- yes, for now. Only because Steve just texted me. No, I don't know if that was related <laughs> to Kyrie Irving or not. He's not here anymore. But, uh, I don't know. Anyways, 
Yeah, I am only because, you know, of the, like the fact that it's just, if it works mm. out, it, it's, if I have an open bench spot, yes. Although I'm not really, I'm not really optimistic. Basically needs a trade. Uh, okay, next one, Ben Simmons, another guy who needs a trade. Uh, he seems content to lose his entire paycheck this season. Daryl Morey seems content to let it go the entire season. Does a trade happen? Are you stashing him? I'm stashing both of those guys, but this is the reason why I didn't draft either of them anywhere because (laughs) of of this nightmare scenario where you're stuck with them. But I do think you owe it to yourself to wait longer, as as awful as it is. You have to put them at the very bottom of your roster so you don't ever have to see that they're there, hopefully, and you you just unfortunately have to eat that roster spot a little longer. I think if you invest that draft pick, you didn't do it to drop them three weeks into the season or three plus weeks into the season. Right. Actually, I saw uh, both both those guys hit the waiver wire in one of my leagues. But um, did you pick either one up? No, <laughs> I have a, I haven't left like injuries because I have Jalen and stuff. And uh, okay, here's right. another one. Here's a guy that I am stashing. One of the reasons I couldn't pick him up, Chris Boucher. He's been terrible. Basically, the only positive here, he's on an expiring seven million dollar deal, which is easy to trade. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if another team would be interested, but should they be? And he was able to find another situation where he's able to at least get 20 minutes. Uh, We all know the upside. Is he a guy that you would be willing to be patient with? I saw him get dropped in a league that I'm in, and I don't think I ran... Industry league. Yeah. I I spent five on him. I didn't run to pick him up, but I did note it, and I thought about it. (sighs) That's a hard one. Right. <laughs> That's how I Man. feel. <laughs> yeah. It, in a deep league where I had an open spot, sure, I would stash him, but not a priority for me. I wouldn't drop anyone that I'm remotely high on to. I would drop Shake Milton for him, probably. Right. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's pretty much where I'm at. Okay. Uh, so we've got kind of a maybe on that one, two kind of yeses. Let's go to Orlando. Okay. Uh, there's three guys here. Uh, okay. First one, let's go with RJ, R, uh, RJ Hampton, who's been um, not great, but uh, he, he has shown flashes. He had this really nice moment where I don't know if you saw the play. I, don't, I think it was the last game, uh, and he drilled this ridiculous three. I, I don't know if it was OT or the fourth quarter to, to, to put the icing on the cake, and it was only his fourth shot, and he drilled it, and it was a completely broken play. So it's he shows us these signs, but um, I think as long as Terrence Ross is there, it's going to be tough. But is he a guy in a deeper league that you would just throw on your roster and kind of ignore, I guess, and, and hope there's something there towards the second half? I'm optimistic about Hampton, you know, resurfacing just like he did down the stretch last year. He was really good. It just almost makes too much sense that the, the same scenario would potentially play out this year. It feels a little early for me. Right. You know? Yeah. I don't know what the day is. I don't know when you when you actually do it. I don't know if it's like try to wait till January 15th or February 1st or something like that. But he is someone you have on your radar. Yes, very much yeah. so. Cool. Very much so. Yeah, me too. Uh, and then the got about a minute left here. The, the two obvious guys is Jonathan Isaac. We kind of touched on him last week, but he's 15 months removed. No idea when he'll be back. And um, Markel Fultz, both these guys tore their ACLs. He's uh, 10 months removed. Not exactly encouraging that <laughs> Isaac is 15 months removed and we have no updates and Fultz is five months behind him. Right. Do either of those guys uh, g- 
scratch an itch to stash? Isaac, for sure, because, well, you almost certainly can, we can, we can go about, you have an alarm going, which I, <laughs> I respect and appreciate. Um, we can go about 30 more seconds here. Because Isaac can go on an IR spot in most formats, if you have those, that makes it a whole lot easier, I think. Yeah. Fultz, I just don't know. I mean, even in the best case scenario, he's not that great of a fantasy player. Yeah. He's, he's more of like an intriguing real life prospect than great fantasy guy doesn't hit a ton of threes it seemed like he was kind of coming alive last season which makes it so disappointing but with like cole anthony going berserk yeah i don't know yeah <laughs> no doubt no doubt and i'm going to ask you as our time expires one one that i have on my mind cool alperin shangun oh. mustache for you i very much enjoy the idea of stashing him yes um it's kind of similar with rj where i don't know exactly when it's going to happen but it definitely has to happen. I mean, Houston is, have they won more than a game yet? I believe I they're still at one win. I think so. So, yes, I mean. one win. One win. And I mean, Daniel Tice is not the answer. So, yeah, uh, he's another guy I like. Well, and I mean, he's still, he's even doing it in like a deeper league. He's he's even at least playable in a deeper league. Yeah. His, his overall value isn't great. But I mean, he's getting 1.7 steals per game in his limited playing time. Yeah, he shows these little flashes. I, I, lo I love it when he's out there. He's, yeah. he's a fun guy to watch. All right. Well, that is the end of our time on this episode. A reminder, as always, to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well. We're here Monday through Friday with new episodes all throughout the regular season. Thanks to everyone for listening and for watching live with us. And thank you to Ryan Raff, Steve, Steve's cat, and most of all to you, Jared. I will talk to you soon. Talk to you soon, Matt. Adios. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.